Welcome to Bass Life, guys. We are live from Texas. We just wrapped up our Bass University in Athens, Texas, second year in a row. Uh, what what a great event! Uh, just blew the doors off the place. The 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 speakers and the instruction that went. Now we're going to dive into that a little bit today, and uh, it was. Man, there's there's some pretty good stuff going this weekend. Yeah, there really was. It was a lineup full of heavy hitters in every way imaginable, and uh, we had a great turnout. I, it was so awesome to see that many people show up there that just want to learn more about bass fishing. And I I think we delivered them a great lineup. And you know, there were some moments that I'm excited to talk about from this weekend show as well. Yeah, if you were there, uh, chime in. I know Dan Allen was there. I'm sure you're watching, Dan. It's great to see you face to face, and um, we uh, we had great speakers. There's what I call the blow your hair back moments. We're going to be talking about those. But we we also had a couple other things going on that are really big this weekend. I don't know what it is, but every single time we come to Texas, share lunkers are caught. Yes, there yes they are, and yes, they and are two two. This year's no different. Yesterday, uh, two share lunkers, a 13 pounder and a 14 pounder, were caught. Uh, so look at those guys. Unbelievable. So we're going to have Natalie on who runs the share lunker program for Texas. And, uh, she's, she picked those fish up. We, we got to tell you the story. A lot of you guys may not know how this goes down, how they actually get those fish. They collect them and bring them back to the facility and spawn them. It's a process, man. It's like, I don't know. It's like a, a house on fire. Everything stops. You know, they, they get the emergency trucks ready. They drive across the country or across the state to get these fish. It's pretty awesome. Sirens go off and they activate. The yeah. big bass alarms <laughs> ring through the state of Texas like 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 tornado alarms do in <laughs> Alabama. But they're running down to get 13 and 14 pounders, no matter if it's five hours or six hours or seven. They are activating of the, the, the lunker bunker truck. And they are boots on the ground hitting the, hitting the road to go pick these things up and keep keep spawning these big giant Texas bass. So it's a really cool program what the TPWD does. And everybody over at the Freshwater Fishery Center that was so accommodating to us this past week, and we appreciate all that. It's amazing because five hours, like a lot of places that you guys live, we do too. Five hours, you can, you can drive across my state twice in five hours. Five hours only gets you halfway across Texas, uh, especially South Texas down at Amistad and Falcon, and they make runs down there too. Anyway, we're going to be talking about those giant bass uh, that were caught just yesterday and others, and uh, also the fishing trip that we had. We, we do our Bass University meetup, and every year we get blasted by the weather, and we get, this, was, this year was no different. Last, of course, it was better, honestly. Last year we had ice. This year it was just cold rain. Yeah, this year was just cold rain, a little bit more fishable conditions, and, and I, I'm not going to wait to bring this in the show. I'm going to queue it up now. Jocelyn, our very own Jocelyn, <laughs> rung the bell with her first largemouth bass. About Yay! three pounders. Let's hear it. If you're watching live, that there girl it is. Grinded through the through the bag condition. So she, yep, I, she pirated uh, Mike Iaconelli's rain suit to get through the day. Team Toyota. <laughs> yep, Team Toyota. <laughs> Official. <laughs> yep. Well, we're we're gonna we're gonna let her tell the story, and uh, that was really fun. And we had we had a good time. We fished with some great folks uh, that braved the yes. conditions with us, and we'll show you some pictures from that event and uh, all that good stuff. So it's going to be a fun show. 
Uh, hang in there with us. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to be right back. We're going to be talking about some pretty powerful uh, tutorials and, and training things that I learned and all of us did at Batch University this past weekend and the previous weekend in Anderson, South Carolina. So we'll be right back after this. A leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That's made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod. 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my hook set. Boom goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together, the One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Welcome back, guys. Uh, man, we're just, I hate to be grumpy, but it's like so nice out today. And we are, our fishing trip was just riddled with ice and cold weather, and uh, which was yesterday. Today, it's like 60 degrees outside. Tomorrow, it's going to be sunny and 70 probably. But, uh, but we, we wrestled through some pretty, pretty tough conditions like always. We're staying, at, I don't know if you guys remember this. Uh, we've told this story before, but we're staying at the same Airbnb where last year the ice storm attacked us and, uh, we had transformer fires across the street. Rich stole firewood from the neighbor's houses, uh, to keep us alive. We had to stay and stay alive, Peter. And that was the situation. <laughs> we we mean, appreciate you. <laughs> ice storms and, and, and all kinds of crazy weather through the state of Texas. But yeah, no different. No different this year. We woke up to about a balmy 43 degrees of a downpour of rain yesterday. But, uh, we all got out there. And shout out to the boat drivers, boat captains that, that were kind enough to take uh, all of us out on the water yesterday. We appreciate it. It's, you know, even in the worst of the conditions, it's always nice to just get out and fish a little bit. So I was out with James and Tammy. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, what an awesome ride. Uh, Phoenix, he's got, he had hummingbirds. All around, and we were uh, using forward-facing sonar a lot. We're fishing and amongst the grass, but we'll we'll dive into that a little bit. But well, a lot of fun. Thanks, James and Tammy. Appreciate you guys uh, taking us out. And then Jocelyn came out with us in the afternoon session, so uh, that was very very cool. But 
man, we just, uh, we went through, um, man, a crash course in, in some really progressive uh, fishing that's going on uh, right now and learning some things that, you know, after doing this uh, as long as we have, it's so exciting to hear new information that's being shared at Bass University. And there was a lot of it this this weekend and last weekend. There was. And, you know, every year after we get done these seminars, there's there's takeaways. I, I say I bring up buzzwords a lot when it comes to the sport of fishing and, and how you can learn more in fishing. And when certain things keep coming up as an angler, you have to take note of that, right? Because that's how you stay on top of trends. You know what's coming down the road and try to keep up with the rapidly changing fishing environment that we that we deal with as tournament anglers and just fishermen alike. And a few of those things that came up for me, Pete, were keeping the bait above the fish. Over and over again, we heard that. Over and over and over, keeping the bait above the fish. Mm -hmm. Okay, now here's the other one. And spinning rod. That yeah. spinning rod is a topic. It's a big deal. It's, it's, it's making more of an impact on newer techniques with the technology changes than we've, than we've ever seen before. The climate is changing. Man, it's time to embrace it. I, I, I'm sure a lot of guys have. You know, it it uh it, it's been a big deal for a long time, but man, it seems like it's becoming an even bigger deal for the functionality of that thing. And this third one might surprise some folks. The third thing that stuck out to me was the importance of multi-species angling and how it can impact your bass fishing. I took, I I had I heard more that's interesting references in these seminars to how. Fishing for other species and and everything lines up that I that I have ever before. So that's the third one that I that I really took note of. And I don't I don't know how exactly I'm going to implement that one into my game net or exactly what it means. But those are my three buzzwords from from the first two weeks of seminars, man. And uh, I mean, there's more we could go on for hours and hours and hours. But that's uh, that, those are my first big three takeaways. Well, let's dive into this one because I think it's it's one that really stuck with me, and it's about keeping the bait above the fish. And this is in particular key with uh, using, you know, uh, forward facing sonar technology, live sonar. And the, the thing that I heard consistently was that when you allow that bait to drop below the fish, the fish will lose interest, get spooked, or a lot of bad stuff happens, right? So that's the reason why you want to keep it up there. Yeah, it, it seems to be that way. I mean, now, obviously, with the advent of forward-facing sonar and how far this technology has come, we're, we're witnessing that live. We're seeing that live. We're seeing, we're seeing the new Domeki-style baits and, and being able to stay in visual contact with, with our bait and what it's doing under the water in relation to the fish. We're seeing fish behaviors in a completely different way, more than we ever have before. Now, is it stuff we didn't already know? Maybe. I, I don't know. We've always caught them on a head. We've always yeah. caught them on a shaky head. Mm -hmm. But when you look at a fish, their eyes are more relative to the top of their head than they are looking down below. So it makes sense now that, you know, once you get below that fish's, that fish's eye line, unless it is keyed in feeding down, you're probably cutting out your chances of making that fish react by a pretty big margin. So it, it, it and to be able to see it, and see the fish's reaction to the bait. That's what Mega Live and, and Forward Facing does. It, it, it allows to see the response, right? So you're, you get immediate feedback when you're doing something wrong, you get the immediate feedback. 
And when you're doing something right, you get the immediate feedback. And that that was uh, that that fishing above was a key thing, no matter the tool, right? Whether we're talking about jerk baits, uh, Tamiki style baits, which is a big one. <clears throat> Uh, all those baits are designed to uh, just try, try to keep it in that zone. Big glides, uh, big swim baits. We, we uh, talked and learned a lot about those yeah. things. So, yeah, the way that the, the way that the keeping the the bait above the fish applies. Now that flies in the face of what I just said about the spinning rod because that is not a spinning rod only deal. Mm-hmm. We learned throughout the year that the big jigs they're still a factor. The big swim baits, they are definitely still a factor. And of course, all your usual suspects, your swim baits, your jerk baits, everything else that you can throw on that big heavy line. But keeping the bait above the fish has really opened our eyes to fishing bigger and more aggressive baits in an open water scenario that we really haven't seen before. And, and that we're gonna get into that because we had Ben Milliken uh who talked about big baits exclusively and how he uses them so differently in tournament scenarios versus uh trophy hunting scenarios yeah you know two completely different applications uh which were some pretty eye-opening stuff but south carolina was great we had uh we had a kid with us jay shakurit uh um who's just a phenom we just i just watched him uh win uh thousand islands you know with over 100 pounds of bass we re uh we put poor Jocelyn through it because we <laughs> Joss, how many hours of live coverage did you watch this week? I can't even. <laughs> we're sorry, Jocelyn. I, I, I blame it on that we can't figure out cable on the TV, so we're just watching Bass Live. That's repetitively. That's we watched live. We watched uh we watched the Potomac tournament. Uh yep. We watched that entire through what was that, that was an MLF. Mm-hmm. That was a tackle warehouse event. Shout out to Nick Hatfield on the win. Nice, nicely done. Uh, Bluegill beds. <laughs> then we watched uh, Champlain, and then we watched. We were just finished up Thousand Islands last night. So now we're going to go back, I guess, the next year and the year after. Yeah. <laughs> we're still <No>. going. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. No. <laughs> uh, we did, but we did get the. We put a little football in there too. So yeah. uh, we got. Yeah, we got. She got her Taylor Swift kick fixed. Um, and I guess you get another hit on that this weekend. Uh, yeah, I do. Who did the Chiefs play? Ravens. Baltimore Ravens. My, wow. my adopted AFC team. <laughs> <laughs> now that you're just a Mar- just, Marylander. Yeah, just I can't claim the Ravens. But it is cool to have another team to maybe pull for. You know, yeah. if, the, if the Eagles aren't having a great year being an AFC team, NFC team, how, how often are we really going to face them too? Cool? But, yeah, playing the Ravens, that would be cool. Yeah, well, they got to – they they could put the Chiefs away. Yeah, Taylor's gonna have to really step it up, Josh. He's gonna have to. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, it's all fishing all the time at the Bass University House. We're sorry, <laughs> but uh, the um, but back to Jet watching that uh, tournament where they had yeah. four days of no win and incredible fishing conditions up there. But and, and the thing that he taught about in in the South Carolina class that was just uh I mean it, it's not a new technique right it's moping it's the Tamiki rig it's that style of fishing that isn't new what what was really revolutionary to me was how much he how much weight he puts on that technique in everything that he's doing it's it's like it's like the go-to it's it's not a 
situational kind of presentation. It's an all the time kind of presentation that he's using in his fishing that really, that shocked me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It really does. And the, 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 the Canadians and the Minnesotans and the Wisconsin's might be getting mad at us right now because we're, we're <laughs> telling the truth about how impactful this thing really is. But no, yeah, Jay did an amazing job in that seminar. And, um, the, the, I think one of the key factors with that bait is your ability to to adjust the the the, fall, the rate of fall, the, the ability to adjust your your bait fish profile and size, mm-hmm. and really the ability to make accurate casts and, and keep it on that forward facing sonar. I think is what makes that thing such a versatile versatile presentation. And yet, yeah, l- like you mentioned, Jay said that it is the most powerful fish catching tool right in now. fishing in fishing bar none. Than any other, and you know, it's nothing. It's, a bold it's, statement. it's nothing new. It's nothing, you know, completely groundbreaking, right? Like we we saw Jacob Wheeler first break this technique out on Lake Cherokee back, and I think that was 2017 or 18, um, and he got the win there. But that was before the days of of really forward facing sonar had had come to the forefront, and that was straight below the boat vertical drops, which mm-hmm. we obviously saw Jeff Gustafson use to win on the Tennessee River twice in the Bassmaster Classic and an Elite Series Trophy. And now that we're seeing how impactful that bait is out in front of the boat, my gosh, how many trophies is that bait going to is gonna put, put forth? Uh, we're seeing it over and over again. Here's, a, here's one really cool tidbit. Jay comes from the co-angling size he does. of things. He spent a little time, a couple of years, I think, as a co. And one of the, the big, uh, you know, problems that co-anglers are facing and they're airing it to us all time is, man, what, what am I going to do when my, my boaters fire, you know, walk scoping, forward facing fishing? What, how do I, how do I possibly catch fish that way? And Jay's, you know, comments, you know, or advice is Demiki, just do it. Just, you know, Fish behind the boat, out the side of the boat. Uh, just continue to fish that technique for fish that are suspended up off the bottom, out in the middle of nowhere. You're going to have just as much opportunity to catch them as you would if you were on the bank. And what what an what an insightful way. Because guys yeah. guys are pulling their hair out. Like, what the heck do I do, man? I'm out here in the middle of the lake. Yeah, yeah, it's a. Uh... It's really a powerful technique, and, and if there's co-anglers listening, you know, if, if your motor is forward-facing sonar fishing and he's looking at fish out in front of him, well, there's a good chance that you're around more fish. You're around the bait. They're, they're yeah. around fish. You're in, the, you're in the system. You're in the habitat. Don't just lay the rods down and think that it's done because, really, it's not. It's, uh, it's, to me, it's a great way to catch them. Here's a sneaky little deal, especially when it comes to smallmouth. If you find yourself uh, in one of the smallmouth derbs as a co. Uh, that style can actually draw the fish to it. You know, you're going to be pulling fish in, especially when it comes to brown fish. I bet you it's the same for spots too. Uh, largemouth maybe got to kind of got to land on them a little bit more, but that that style will bring fish over to you. And uh, that was really that was that was phenomenal insight and really um, eye opening and enlightening, like exciting. As in the co-angler side of the world, like, hey, wait a minute, you know, I'm, I got a guy that's doing this. I'm in, I'm still in this. I'm in this battle. I've got a good strategy. Go out there and catch them consistently. Um, I love that. <clears throat> Along those same lines, and you brought it up, the importance of a spinning rod. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, now Joey Fuentes is going to be with us next weekend, but we we spent a little time with him at the uh, at the Berkeley deal where they were where they're releasing their brand new uh, forward facing sonar baits, the Credge, and what was the name of the other one? The Credge, the Finisher, and the, finisher. the Power Switch. Yeah, the Power Switch has been out, but those two um, we were we were getting exposed and watching them work, and uh, but Joey Joey said something that was just mind-boggling to me that 90% of his fishing and fish catches that he weighs are done with a spinning rod. In the Elite Series, blue trophies, you know, coming in. That That is because I talked about it when I was just starting out. You know, it was an ego thing. You were embarrassed to be seen with a spinning rod, you know, especially down here in Texas or something like that. You're embarrassed to see you know, I would hide them because I came from the north where we used them a lot. Now uh, it's 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 overwhelmingly the way to go. Uh, he only carries a couple bait casters with him. Yeah. That's that's mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm you know, it's still situationally dependent, guys. We're not we're not advising you go flip heavy grass with a spinning rod. <laughs> we're more so talking about the impact of of how the newer trends in technology and fishing are changing the game to where. The, the spinning rod is allowing you to present baits in, in ways that really we haven't thought of before, more efficient. And uh, yeah, the impact that this thing's having is is really kind of kind of mind blowing here to see to see this shift because yeah, the 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 bait caster, the big line, the heavy, that's that's fun. We all love to do it. But when it comes down to it, really our job as tournament anglers and our goal as recreational fishermen is to catch fish. And Really, it shouldn't matter whether your real face is this way or your real face is this way. When that fish is in the bucket, it's a success. Matters to Jake. Matters to Jake. Yeah, that's all right. He's got. He, he's he's got to be a big caster. Jake guy. wants to. Jake wants to <laughs> flip them and jam them. I, I get I, it. Jake, you know, get after that. He's learn in. that bait caster. It's important. <laughs> They're equally as important. Yeah, but I to see a guy like Joey who was just crushing it and uh, just just all in, all in on the finesse stuff. It's a uh, pretty powerful stuff. Let's see some other moments um, <clears throat> that were that were key. Uh, here's one that uh, that was a big deal. Number one, Ben Milliken, awesome to have us have him with us this weekend, and uh, you know brought a lot of fans. This class this weekend was amazing. We have people coming in from California, from Chicago, um, where where else? a lot of places in the Midwest. People flying in, driving in, driving for long distances, and that's awesome. And then we had a lot of people just from right down the street, sure. from here in Athens, Texas. So we had, barn. we had, yeah, we had a lot of a giant, giant crowd, a sellout crowd, which yep. is awesome, big time down here, cowboy headquarters. Yes, and um, Ben talked about one of the things that really uh, stuck out to me was his use of the big baits in tournaments versus just lunker hunting. Mm -hmm. The one thing that <clears throat> stuck stuck out is in tournament preparation. Which is that's I'm a tournament guy. Throws the big bait last. Interesting, right? Um, he dove into this. Um, it's it's must see. We're editing all this content. It's all going to be available yep. on Bashu TV uh, shortly. So um, we're going to get all that out to you. We'll keep you guys posted. You know, subscribe to the email. Get yourself signed up to Bashu TV. I'm telling you right now, this is all cutting edge stuff. You're not going to want to miss this year. Uh, Throws it last. Like it, one of his examples that he gives, which was really cool. Like if we're if he's dealing with an, a brush pile, uh, 
when you throw a big bait first at the brush pile, what you're going to likely do is you're going to draw those fish out of the habitat. Mm -hmm. You may or may not get the bite, right, with that big bait, the big glide, or the big swim bait, but you're going to draw that fish, you're going to draw that school of fish out, and they're going to, I don't know, some, some will disperse, mm -hmm. and then they, in order to catch them, you got to wait for them to reset up. This is, uh, if, you're, if you're big fish hunting, that's likely the way you're going to want to go. But as a tournament guy, you're going to want to go in there and you're going to want to be a little bit more surgical about picking off the fish that you need to catch and then throwing the big bait last right. to try to get that, uh, you know, that bigger fish that won't commit to a shaky head, won't commit to a drop shot or that type of stuff. Yeah, I think that the thing that we're learning most now um, as anglers is that and we, we, it's, it's been out for a while, you know, go back to the to the Southern Trout Eaters videos and all the Big Bait Posse videos. We've known the drawing power of a Big Bait, right? But we haven't really put it to work to know how much drawing power can have on groups of fish, right? And one of the things that Ben really drove home and emphasized was that if you, put, if you throw that Big Bait into that brush pile first and you don't get that big fish to react, well, you could have very likely brought five, six, maybe seven bass two thirds of the way back to the boat. Mm -hmm. And now that all of those fish, they may go back to the brush pile, but it's going to take time for those fish to reset. And that kills them in the sense of a tournament angler in the efficiency factor. Oh my gosh. And, you might leave and there's another boat now on your brush pile and you lost the opportunity. Absolutely. So really the, the, the most impactful, you know, moment from that to me is, is the fact that if you have, if you throw a glide bait, there's only so, only so fast that you can, bring that bait back to the boat with your retrieve, right? It allows more fish to follow it. Well, if you pitch a shaky head in there and you have your drag set correctly and everything is, is in tune on, on your gear, and you set the hook on that fish, well, his buddies may only come out two or three feet off the brush pile before they realize that something's not right with Bill. And yeah. he, he, he's now in a live well. Well, those fish that you only brought two feet off that brush pile can now reset a lot quicker for you to get back in there. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was, that was cool stuff. It kind of, in some sense, it flies in the face of what we thought we knew about brush pile fishing. Throw your big bait in there first. Follow up with the shaky head. We're seeing different things. Yeah, he, he's he's learned how to use it effectively to qualify for the elites, win a tournament. Uh, and, you know, we were able to see some great video footage of him yeah. uh, executing with big bait strategies. Cool stuff. Can't yeah. wait to release Dur that. During the tournaments. A lot of guys, Here, here's the big difference. I think between Ben and a lot of big bait specialists that have tried this is Ben has uh, rightfully found out how to be more versatile, uh, how to be con more consistent, using it uh, situationally, mm -hmm. using it uh, as a tool, as a tool, and going hard with other more consistent techniques when you have to, and recognizing when that is. That's the biggest thing. Right. It's like, you know, knowing when to put it down, knowing when to pick it up and knowing how long you can afford to to make that gamble by by throwing that big bait, targeting only big fish. I think I think that's the big difference in what we're saying, because we've seen it before, like um, back in the day uh, when I was when the California swim bait craze happened, all the trout eating stuff. 
the hollow-bellied swim baits came out, and I jumped on board with that. Um, so many guys from the West were coming in, and we were – honestly, we were a little intimidated by it. We thought – we saw their videos. We saw what, with the fish that they were catching. We are like, oh, my gosh, we've got to quickly adapt to be able to compete. And what we found was time and time again is those big fish, big bait specialists failed, tanked, could not consistently catch them when when they needed to, you know what I mean? During the tournament timeframes, during the pressures of those situations, uh, being those, those big bait specialists really failed. So bench strategy is working much better. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a different approach. And, you know, like we like I chimed in there and said, it's, it's, a, it's a tool, right? You have to know when to pick it up and when to use it. Like, you know, Brian the carpenter is not going to go use a multi-tool on a drill bit. He, he, he knows what tool he's going to use to get that job done. And I think that all baits in all different categories, uh, the more that we can look at them for, you know, how – what are they designed to do? What scenario am I in? And what's the best option for me at this moment? Yeah. You know, that's that's where you can start to see it fit into your fishing equation like that. Well, that's when you really got something. Um, and I mean, it, it's a it's a big learning curve on those things. It, it really is not for not for, you know, not for Ben or some, some other guys, but maybe, you know, that for the average angler that only can, can spend maybe 16 hours on the water in a month. That's a that's a that's an, int an intimidating factor. So you know, definitely tune into those seminars, guys. Where there's there's tidbits, there's there's key pieces of information that you know. If you want to get into that realm, you want to learn. Okay, you're you're already getting the A, B, and the C of of all of those techniques just by watching a seminar. So it's uh that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to equip anglers to to have more successful experiences on the water. That one and that one is is one that I have to study mm -hmm. because that's. I love fishing the big baits and, uh, and I have to, I have to, I'm, I want to learn a little bit more there and his prowess with forward facing sonar is, is well known. He doesn't admit he was at the forefront of that, uh, technology when it was coming out. And, uh, that is one other seminar that he has with us that is absolutely must see. And you know what I like about Ben's style? Like, Everybody's got a different style. They're, you know, some are more laid back, some are more in your face. Ben, Ben's kind of more of an in your face kind of guy, but he comes at it with just a, a, a easy to understand approach and easy to understand thinking about fishing that that is relatable. And I think that's why he's so popular because you know you can listen to him uh, convey ideas and you know, even a complex thought, he can break it down, make it real simple. And like, Oh, I understand how to go about doing that. So, uh, really, um, that, that was impactful. Save those big baits to last, uh, was a big deal. Uh, those are some of my, I'm going to come over to you, Justin, uh, put you on the hot seat. You, you've been, you were front and center at Athens, by the way, Justin is sitting right here with us. So it's Jocelyn and, um, both did an amazing job uh, with Bash University in the last two weekends. It's it, it's a team effort to pull this off and bring all this to you guys, as well as our our producer extraordinaire Jeff Olson, uh, who is currently editing these seminars as we speak. So, um, thank you guys for all your help and all your hard work, Justin. I knew you were in the front of the class a lot in Anderson uh, and even a lot here. Uh, so what what are what's something that maybe you're, you you strikes you or maybe you're going to try to incorporate this year? Well, I don't know if everyone can hear me good, but 
Rich kind of hit the one that I was going to say with the multi-species. Like in Anderson, maybe three of the guys brought that up. Lester did. Uh, Jay mentioned it. You know, crappie fishing, stuff like that has helped them. Staying in tune with wildlife. Dudley said it too. He doesn't the best fish when the season. That's ever. right. He yeah. What's he? What was his comment? Like I fish ten days a year for bass if I'm not tournament fishing. That was Dudley's comment. Yes, that, that was, was that was crazy. That was kind of eye opening, but it makes sense that those guys were probably like ahead of the curve with forward facing and stuff mm. because they they're doing it with uh, yeah with multi species and stuff like that using those little tiny baits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then Ben's uh, big bait seminar was. Eye opening, like what you guys just said, that he's not he's not living and dying by the swim bait. He's using it as a tool when it's the time's right. He knows when that time's right to use it. Um, and he teaches he teaches us what the right times are. Yeah, so that those were probably the two. And you gave up the juice on Jay with the Nikki rig out of the back of the boat. So that's I wish you didn't say that. <laughs> uh, so he's going to be fishing the co-angler side at the Toyotas uh, with us this year. So, so sorry about that. But you gave up that one. So sorry. It's all right. <laughs> you'll just have to outperform them this year. Yeah, I'll, I'll try. Yeah, I think you'll be fine. That was a good one. Cool. That was a good one. Uh, is Dan out with us? He sure is. And what Dan? I want to know what you thought. You were front and center. At Texas in the Texas class, he said that big bites are so intimidating. Yeah, big, big bites. bites. Big yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, big bites too. Yeah, yeah that's too. Yeah, the big baits are intimidating. You know, what I got I got to fish a little bit with is uh, is the new line through the uh, the hangar. Mm -hmm. um, James had it rigged in the boat, so I was firing that around. Gotcha. Yeah, I, it's, it's a big, heavy bait, man. It's it's. You're, you you just feel like, oh, man, double-digit fish. This, yeah. this is the bait. Yeah, I haven't incorporated that style of swim bait into my game really the way that I should. You know, the big, and Ben talked about that bait. Maddie talked about the mag draft, um, you know, and the power that those baits have. And they kind of fall, when you go with that six-inch size, they kind of fall in that middle of the ground. Like, it's not a huge bait, but it still has a big, pretty big profile in the water, um, you know. Shout out to Justin. He, Justin committed to that thing one time. We were on uh, a body water up north, and, and he committed to it, threw it around until he said, I'm not putting it down until he catches one, and he did. And I threw it about three times and went back to catching them every other cast on a different bait. So mm -hmm. takes a mindset, <laughs> and apparently I don't have it. So. <laughs> it's fun. I, I just lo I love it when I'm firing that big bait. I just love the energy that comes from it, yeah. you know, that you feel like, oh, man. It's going to, you know, if something happens, it's going to be impactful, mm -hmm. you know. It, it, what else, Dan? What, the big baits are intimidating. I get it. I get it. Maddie Wong. I want to give a shout-out to Maddie, and, and this is all, all – he, he really uh, he really did a great job of uh, talking about a lot of different things. His techniques, he talked about the swim baits, his, you know, the, the mega bass uh, – what's it called? Mag draft. He, he broke like, down all the yeah, mega bass. Yes, yeah. you know. I I know the spark shad. As a dog, I, I don't know why I'm not throwing this. Yeah, they're they're finesse finessey stuff, but talks about how they they make bigger sizes. Mm -hmm. A lot of people go to mega bass for the finesse stuff. 
But uh, but he in one of his comments was that every single pro has the mag draft in their boat, whether it'll yep. tell you or not. Every single one throws that bait because it's a bite getter. And he talked. Uh, he got he got asked a question, and I thought this was this is maybe one of the most powerful moments because a lot of people uh, listening, you know, maybe aspiring pros. Um, he t- one of the young youngsters was asking him some questions about that, and Maddie got real and. He talked about the sacrifice that an angler um, needs to be prepared for, a person needs to be prepared for to be able to make it, and and the steps and the pro- and he talked about his journey and that he's still on it. The one of the things that I was most impressed and and uh, we were glad I was glad to have him uh, with us again this year was how he overcame adversity this year. Because he didn't have a good beginning of the year, he struggled uh, and was trying to find his way, and came and was up against uh, potentially not requalifying for the elites. And he stepped up and finished so strong that he he requalified, and he's able to continue down this path, down this journey. Yep. And uh, that was. Eh, it's a it's a little bit of a tearjerker, mm-hmm. but he got real with the audience, and I I love that. You yeah. know, so many people can sugarcoat it. Oh, it's the most amazing thing in the world. We're making millions of dollars, and blah blah blah. He he's straight up like yeah. you you better be prepared. This is some serious sacrifice. Yeah, it is. You want to make uh, you know? I I don't think I can talk about it enough. Just the accomplishment in it of itself of requalifying for the elites or the Bass Pro Tour. I mean. <laughs> You, you're you're going through the gauntlet every week. You're up against some absolute killers of sticks every single time you put your boat in the water. And uh, you know, I, I I like to you know sing those praises and those accolades a little bit for for guys that just are continuing to requalify and keep themselves fishing at a professional level. They may not get the attention of making the classic or hoisting up those blue trophies, but I mean, every single one of them from top to bottom is is really out there doing amazing stuff. So that's all you guys. Hundred percent. It's there's a lot to it, man. It's like sponsorship, business. Yep. You got to keep your personal life together, yep. and you got to beat the best in the world. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a big ask, you know. Oh, you're good. Now go fish against Jason Griffin. Yes. Go fish against Mike. Go fish against <laughs> yeah, you got a new sponsor now. Now go catch him in yeah. the class. You know. Good luck. What do you got, Joss? Uh, Coach Prince, which was Coach. Coach. Yes, we saw you in South Carolina. Coach, my neck is feeling much better. <laughs> Thank goodness. He really enjoyed Shakur's seminar on the team. Yes. And Dan Allen said, I have attended classes for a few years, and bar none, the best place to learn and get juice from the top anglers in the world. All six anglers that spoke spilled juice that you just can't get anywhere else. That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you. That, by the way, Dan brings brings up, but we didn't even discuss it yet. Of course, we are going to have a trivia question. <laughs> and we Dan is the winningest uh, viewer of Bash University Live in the yeah. history of Bash U Live. As a matter of fact, he was in the trivia prize winner <laughs> AOI. <laughs> AOI. He was ROI, AOI. Repeat, repeat. You know, but he was up in the front and I'm. I was talking Taking about it. I'm just saying, up in the front yeah. of the classroom, too, mm-hmm. locked in the whole time. Yeah, he's sending yeah. all the pictures he's been ahead with all of them. Yeah. <laughs> the price he gets for sitting. So well, the, I was asked, you know, I was commenting about all the prizes that he won, and I'm like, he's won, he won those glasses. 
those hobie glasses that he had on and he goes oh i'm on the bass you had too yeah i think everything he was wearing he won on the, on our show so so that, to be a cool. remember. yep so he was uh uh we're gonna have a trivia question or you know really a question about what we're talking about today so whoever uh gets that question correct we're gonna give away some prizes uh, what do we give away? It's a, crust. it's a mystery. It's a mystery. Well, we're going to be giving away some Crust City. We've been fishing with some Crust City um, yesterday and uh, love their new Crust City baits and some Rapalas. We gave away some DT6s uh, to all of our guys that, that come to class and we'll, we'll see it again. Or a lot of them that uh, we, uh, we gave away as uh, raffle prizes, but we'll have them again at, uh, at Shreveport. Oh, that's yeah. BLT. The BLT. Yes, tell me about the BLT. Talk about Crush City, Justin. On your on your uh, ride out here, man, you crushed it. Yeah, the BLT is a sweet little sweet little bait. I probably caught over twenty fish on one one of those little BLT baits. They hold up pretty well. That was awesome. Like yeah. you, you were at a you what you you stopped at a campground and and you just yeah, stole a, a John boat and <laughs> what'd you do? That's essentially what happened. Yeah, <laughs> me, me and uh, producer slash cameraman Jeff Olson, we uh, went on quite a journey last week mm-hmm. and we stopped in Mississippi and just happened to have a, a little private lake in there and uh, smacked some little largemouth. Yep. Be able to, yeah, you sure did. Are they sensitive with like bacon or something? They, they should be. <laughs> I would eat them. If I got hungry and devoted, those things would be going down. <laughs> I don't think anybody's done studies on bacon. What was that Frito smelling bait? That was a Bellows Gill that Al Jr. brought in from GCAC. Interesting. Coffee story. has been used as garlic. Year, garlic. garlic. That's another big one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bacon. I, I'm going to put that out there. Someone make a bacon Help in, add a little bit of bait and grease into those BLTs. All right. We'll definitely tell them. And shout out. You brought them up. BTC and the After Dark uh, Bass After Dark Podcast with Ken Duke. Uh, make sure you guys check that out. Um, so, that, that great events uh, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Let's look forward. Yeah. Um, we've got two, two coming. This weekend is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be back in Shreveport. Haven't been there for a while. For sure. Joey Fuentes is going to be there. Uh, Ike is going to be there talking about standing timber fishing, which is uh, so prevalent in this part of the country. And my personal favorite instructor, Greg Hackney, is going to be on site uh, in Treeport this weekend. So I'm very, I'm most excited about uh, listening to Greg because he continues to be successful fishing his style. And I want, I'm interested in how he's using the new technology up in the dirt, grinding with a big flipping stick and crank rod or whatever he's doing. I can't wait to learn that strategy from him. That's what he's going to be talking about. Yeah, yeah, really awesome lineup we have uh, rolling out this week down there in Shreveport, you know, from Greg Hackney to Brock Mosley to Tyler Rivette. And then Sunday we, we, we turn the wheel around right again and, we have Mike Iaconelli, Joey Cifuentes, and Derek Cudnell. It's going to be an amazing show. Um, we're we're working hard on on putting together an awesome presentation for for everybody right now. It's uh, it's going to be it's going to be an amazing week in Shreveport, and I can't wait to get down there and see that part of the country. Eat some crawfish, maybe <laughs> get this get this bassy show back on the road. Yes, you're missing out. Down. 
discount on <laughs> all the addies. But none of this would be possible without Sarah Nels, the director of sports of Shreveport Sports Intervention. Awesome, Sarah. Thank yes, thank you, Sarah. Sarah. And yes. And the horse. You guys, you guys have fun listening to Hack and Crawfish. <laughs> Poor Justin, we're in Texas, and he went to go get crawfish, and they didn't. I know they're anything. out of crawfish. It's not over yet. Yeah. Trip's not over yet. We yeah, got a couple more nights. Yeah. Does you know, Maybe you can find a place that will ship something yeah. in for you because we will be in, in Knoxville, Tennessee. If anybody's watching from Athens, let us know where we can get some crawfish. If you're in the Texas area, we want to get a big plate of crawfish. So it's the East Tennessee um, Outdoor Show? Yep. Okay. We're going to be there. Go stop by and see Justin and uh, say hi. Uh, if you're a member of Bash University, we'll make sure you stop and say hi. And, and of course, we'll be uh, on site. If you want to subscribe, that's a great time to do it. We'll have a great opportunity for you to do that there. So, but we will miss you in Shreveport. I'll miss you guys too. And we will miss young Jocelyn at this weekend too, because you've got something going on this weekend. Yeah, so mm-hmm. this is our annual Ike Foundation Scholarship Dinner where we uh, put on a fundraiser to raise enough funds to give five kids some scholarships to college or university. Very cool. Jake, Jake's going to be applying to that scholarship. Yes. Is he? Okay. Pretty, pretty soon. Pretty soon. He's not right. He's not there not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Soon. Soon he will be. What do you got, Justin? Dr. J said you got to get a trap crawfish. Trap crawfish? Let's look it up. In Athens? Yeah. Dr. J, my man. <laughs> Dumb man. Speaking of Dr. J, the Sixers had an unbelievable oh event last night. What happened? <laughs> I'll let one of the one of the you know basketball buffs in the room, Justin, uh, chime in on this one for me. Joel and B dropped seventy on them boys last night. So what? That's impossible. What happened? He just dominated that. Uh, unbelievable. A young kid on the Spurs. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name correctly, but everyone calls him Wemby. He's he's taller than Joel Embiid, and he's supposed to be the next Joel Embiid. But mm. Embiid dropped and 70. Joel took that personally. Yeah, he took that personally, <laughs> and he dropped 70. On him. <laughs> so, oh, very cool. Uh, yeah. Joel Embiid loves to bass fish, by the way. Is that true? Yep. Yeah. In my mind, it is. So it's, <laughs> I like watching Joel when right. I come fish. Come on. I like, I like him better already. So, Dr. J, thank you for that. We're going to, I guess that's where we're going for lunch yeah. or dinner. That's in Shreveport. Oh, it's oh, Shreveport. Oh. Yeah. All right, Texas man, giant. Just, we just, just broke Justin's heart. <laughs> broke his pride again. Yeah. Stole his spirit. He's oh, just a bowl of jello over there. So, the, the, the bad story of <laughs> this, guys, is that Justin and I got to go to the Sabine. Last year for the Elite Series event, Justin, that was your first time eating crawfish. Yeah, real, real crawfish. Right, first time eating eating real crawfish, and man, in uh, in our two trips to the crawfish house, we polished off twenty pounds of crawfish <laughs> <laughs> in total. And, awesome. uh, <laughs> May or so, not be a late <laughs> So ever since, uh, you know, it's, it can't replicate the taste, and nope. we're gonna try to make it happen. I was having Jocelyn Bash you live featuring crawfish. Yeah, we, we got the crab legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm that's my good that. Yeah, that's that's good. I'd rather have a crab leg than a little baby crawfish. <laughs> I wanna I, you know why I like eating crawfish? Makes me one with the bass. That's, right. that's <laughs> what the bass eat. 
That's what I eat. They also eat gizzard chat. I don't see you stepping up for that. <laughs> no. It depends how bad of a slump I get in this year. But what is gizzard chat? A gizzard chat. Sushi, yeah. fry or something. I'll challenge y'all to eat all home crawfish. Come on. Come on. Come on. You're you're close. Get over there to Streetport, Dan. Bring come come hang out with us. Yep. Yeah, that'd be even better. Bring it, bring it to the house. All right. Tickets are still on sale. We just got a little off the rails. Yeah. We, went, we went from crawfish to the NBA back to crawfish. And then, and then we started eating bunker. <laughs> well, we will be in Streetport next weekend. Tickets are still Available seats are available there for both days, Saturday and Sunday, as they are for guys in Alabama. We're we're swindled. G Man will be in the house. Uh, it's been a it's been a few seasons since we've had mm-hmm. Gerald in the classroom, and uh, exciting. it's a it is he's a fan favorite, and I'm really looking forward to having him back in the classroom. And every time you laugh like that, I'm going to say, "What happened?" Just, just put up, just put up on the screen. Oh, uh, Pete. Keep cooking, he said. Eat like a bass makes you think like a bass. I would agree with that. <laughs> That's why I love throwing the jig so much. I love crawfish. Yes. Eat like a bass. Fish like a bass. Or catch catch eat a bass. Like a bass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, eat, eat like a bass, fish like a bass, think like a bass, catch a bass as long as it. Ah, we get it. We get it. All right. So I guess we're doing crawfish when we get to Dr. J's part of the country. Very good. Very exciting. That's going, but something else very exciting and happened, and I got to witness it personally. Yes. Um, yesterday afternoon, in the freezing cold conditions, uh, we persisted. As a matter of fact, we went out in the morning. I went out with James and Tammy, and uh, the the weather was um, was was just cold, and we we're soaked. You know, rain gear, you know, bled. We came back here, got hot coffee and dried out our all of our clothes and uh, went back out for an afternoon session. And Jocelyn, our own Jocelyn Ray, joined us for a fishing trip in the afternoon. And it was a monumental event because someone caught their first bass. Look at that. that, that <laughs> there it is. Story, so oh, hey, break it down. Break it down. How did yeah. <laughs> we get the Ghost Rider version first and then the job. <laughs> thanks to our amazing, thanks to your amazing teaching, I weathered oh. out the storm and used some of what I learned from Lick LeBron's Lipless Pranking Seminar and caught my first bass on the Lipless. That's right. We were fishing a grass edge and I cast it out there and was ripping the Lipless through the grass, <laughs> one knock slack in the <gasps> line, and I got him. Yes. An awesome experience. That's awesome. Let me see that. Shout out to Ghost Rider uh, <laughs> for that excellent story, by the way. Wait, there it is. There's the bait. Oops, sorry. That's the bait. There it is. But I just want to was... clarify, Jocelyn, she caught that fish. And guys, she was out there in what? Probably 45 degrees? 45. In a hammering rain. That is not easy. It's tough to get somebody to catch a fish in that condition. And Jocelyn... You got it done. That's a big step. That's awesome. Well, Pete really did teach me very well how to hold the rod and how to actually cast yes. without passing into. It's because he's the dean, man. This road. <laughs> well, 
Well, you, I, I got to give you, you're an excellent study. You're an excellent student. The, um, because on our first cast, she, we were fishing the riprap uh, bridge area, and she attempted to cast over, over the street on the other side of the riprap. <laughs> I didn't know my own turn. Yes. <laughs> hey, well, let's show yeah. some pictures from uh, from your guys' morning out on Lake Athens. Let's see. Start out with Tammy. Tammy with a nice one. one. Now, she caught this one on a vibrating jig that had a little chartreuse in it. Uh, and the, Tammy's, Tammy's a hardcore bass angler. She has been doing tournaments with James and by herself for a lot of years. So uh, she did a nice job landing that one. Of course, you know the theme had to get in on the action. <laughs> I am most proud of this fish. It was the smallest fish we caught, but it was the first fish. And that fish was caught when it was like 30 degrees out at the time. And it so got you on the right pattern. It did, it, it did, it hooked us up. And uh, that fish came also on a vibrating jig and more of a shad pattern. And of course, Jocelyn had a little bit of a mishap. It was the first time <laughs> out there. Jocelyn, what, what in the world, what's going on here? So, it kept, every time I would cast, it would like flip in the air and get all tangled up because I was using a spinning Spinning rod, yep. And so when I thought, I kept asking Keith to untangle it for me, so I thought I could try it myself. And I got hooked in probably every hook that was. <laughs> and I couldn't get it out. And I just turned around and said, <laughs> and what? And immediately, as soon as you asked for help, what did I do? You you took out your phone and took a picture. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Step one before help. Pause. Pause. <laughs> photograph and then help. <laughs> Her fingers were all stuck together with the. Oh, that was that was awesome. Do we want to take a quick commercial break and then have Matthew join us right after that? Yeah, yeah I, she's ready. Looks like she's ready. I do want to. I do want to comment about Joss's uh, fishing because it was really key. We're I'm teaching her how to do this, how to reel it. You're going to get in the grass. You're going to pull it out of the grass, and her persistence was, I think, really apparent. And I think it's one of the most important things in fishing that you know you. Maybe you don't think about, but just she was asking me questions. Why is your rod tip down? You know, when you're reeling it in, what are you doing? What are you trying to make the bait do? And uh, and she persisted through the heavy rain and through those tough conditions. And uh, we got the first bass. That lasted more than an hour, too. Yeah. I'm proud of myself for that. I was impressed. I really was because that was, I was cold by, by the, I think we made a two and a half hour shift. By the end of it, I was cold all over again. But, Great fish catch. Uh, once again, thanks to James and Tammy for uh, for fishing with us. Um, I'm hopefully to see them uh, next year when we come back to Athens. And good luck the rest of your fishing season. And I think they have a tournament at Lake Fork uh, coming up this weekend. Weather should be nice. All right. Yeah. Like and share the feed if you're watching on social. We've got something cool to give to you. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And we're going to be talking about real giants. Uh, that were just caught here in Texas that, and talking about the Share Lunker program with Natalie uh, right after this. The leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. 
Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I found that can withstand my hooks that boom goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Welcome back, guys. Appreciate you putting up with our uh, our outdoor suit. I like our fish, Riz. Yeah, this yeah. is kind of this actually came together all right. I yeah. mean, every everybody on the board saying the audio is okay. Yeah, it's cool. Hey, they're more so saying Riz. What, what should be drinking? It's uh, it's Gatorade <laughs> and water mixed right now. Actually, it's a little dried out. It is it is looking suspect in a red soul. Yeah, Gatorade and water. That's what but we just thought. Like, just like. Pete's coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thought that's what Jocelyn didn't make the early session fishing yesterday because I think she was in, getting mimosas at the local restaurant. <laughs> Can't blame her. That's how I stay mm. warm for two hours. That's right. That's right. Well, we appreciate all you at this fish. It's about the size of the one alley probably went and picked up yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the truth. Size. Good gosh. I mean, the, the way they. The way they grow them down here in Texas is just unbelievable. And honestly, the, the TFFC and all the work that they're doing over there, right, right at the fishery center, right up the road, we've seen it. It's, it's amazing the, the processes that they're using to, to genetically track these giant fish from mother down to lineage to, to fish getting caught in between. And uh, the proof is in the pudding, I would say. It's working. Mm -hmm. So it is, it's definitely working. And uh, is Natalie ready? Here. All right, there she is. Uh, there Hi, is, good morning. Good morning. There is uh, Miss Cheryl Lunker. She uh, <laughs> runs the program over there. And you had a long night, Natalie. What happened? Yeah, so yesterday I uh, got a call about three, four o'clock um, from Lane Olson. And he called to tell me that he had a Cheryl Lunker bass that his fish was weighed in at a certified scale at 13.26 pounds. Wow. So I immediately deployed our response team. I called our office over in San Angelo. They're our management crew that oversees the management of OHIV. 
uh, where the fish was caught. And I asked them if they wouldn't help me out and go and pick up that bass for us. Our Cheryl and Crow team uh, that's stationed at the Texas Freshwater Fisheries Center got together. We got in our Toyota Tundra uh, to go pick up that fish. And about 5.15, 5.30, we got another phone call. Uh, this one was from um, Bobby Walden. And he had caught a 14.75 share lunker, also at OHIV. Coincidentally, both anglers went to Elm Creek Marina to get their fish weighed in, which is one of our uh, weigh station locations for the share lunker program. They have a place to hold share lunker bass, and they also have a place to weigh them. And so when San Angelo arrived at the reservoir, they were able to pick up both Sherlunkers. We were able to do a transfer over in Gulfway, Texas, and our Sherlunker team brought them back in, got them settled in the Lunker bunker, and I headed home about 3 a.m. last night or this Holy morning. Most. Yeah, that's an amazing commitment. Yeah. Dedication. Really it certainly is, yeah. Um, Hauling over 28 pounds of bass. It's it's a pretty exciting night. That's a, that is very exciting. For people that don't know what a share lunker is, I mean, we you said 13 pounds. That's the, the threshold. Uh for people from other parts of the country that don't know. Uh yeah. tell so, them what a share lunker is. For those that don't know about the share lunker program, it's a program designed to make bigger, better bass in the state of Texas. And it was started 38 years ago. And it was a program that if an angler that was fishing Texas water catches the 13 pound bass, they can call Texas Parks and Wildlife. Someone from the agency would come and pick up your fish. We bring it to the hatchery and we would try to spawn her. And we would pair up with a male descendant of another Sherlunker bass. So those offspring should have the best genetic makeup possible and uh, be able to grow to also 13 pounds or bigger. And those offspring are restocked back out into the reservoirs that produce those 13 pound bass. That's amazing. It's You guys are at the cutting edge of this and and uh, the, the fisheries in, in Texas are, are amazing. Tom was telling, telling us uh, during the, the event how many uh, share lunkers have share lunkers have broken records at uh, what like five different lakes in Texas? Oh, more than that. That was just um, from share lunker number nine. We have genetic connections, and we can track our our share lunkers. We know whether or not they've been recaptured. We know if their parent or grandparents a share lunker, if they have another relationship that's a share lunker. And we actually looked at the family tree of share lunker number nine. And there's like five or six different lake records that were produced from her lineage. So that's pretty exciting. That's just one bass. That's one angler trusting Texas Parks and Wildlife with their fish and sharing her with us so that we can spawn her and stock those off stream back out and make the best lunker bass fishing here in the state that's amazing what to, that what happens next like you have where right, we're going to spawn these giants and right. restock their lineage you know at a variety of lakes um 
what happens to the female once she's done spawning at your facility? right so i'm sure your viewers know that these big beautiful bass that we're taking in that are 13 pounds or heavier those are all female bass and we actually let the anglers decide uh what happens to her next it's it's their fish it's their choice they can either share it with parks and wildlife uh, for the duration or they can request to have that fish back and i'll work with them along with our management team and we'll all go out together and restock that right that fish back into the reservoir that it was caught from that's that's awesome and they um they get stuff like they get prizes uh if you decide to enter your fit or give your fish to the share local program or loan it to the share local program uh what what do they get right so if if you happen to catch one of those big beautiful bass um, you get several prizes. Um, we invite you to a legacy class, which are what we call those 13 pound bass. We have a banquet and we celebrate you and your catch and um, you get to meet all the other folks that work so hard from Texas Parks and Wildlife to make those fisheries great. Um, also our industry partners um, that help us um, kind of advertise the program and incentivize the program as well. So uh, those anglers, they'll get some branded AFCO gear like this shirt here. Uh, they are also going to get a replica of their fish from Lake Fork Taxidermy. Uh, this year, one of our generous sponsors is Bass University. And so they're going to contribute a one-year uh, membership to Bass University and a swag bag there. And there's going to be other prizes as well. Um, Bass Pro Shops partners with us. And so all those legacy class anglers, they'll get one shot or depending on how many fish they contribute in a season, uh, they get a shot at winning a $5,000 Bass Pro Shops shopping spree. And your odds are going to depend on how many fish are entered into the program. If we were going to end the season today, we have three fish in the lunker bunker. So you get a one in three shot. Who knows how many fish will be entered in this season? Well, with Bass University in town this week, I the, I think we'll probably see many more coming in. We seem to bring the good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last time that you were here, uh, right in the middle of, of class, I got a phone call and uh, the entire class got to see the Texas, uh, the Toyota Sherlanker truck roll out to go pick up that bass. That was awesome. So was I like do think that y'all are some good luck. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, during one of the talks during the class, we were talking about the barometric pressure and that there was a change and that there was a slight dip in it that was coming up in the next few days. And folks in the room were thinking that maybe this is the time you get those overcast days, the change in barometric pressure. And folks were thinking that there could be Sherlock or Bascot in the next couple of days. And don't you know, we got two. That's amazing. You know, and it, it's consistent. Like, and you, we've talked about this. The nastier the weather, <laughs> most the worst, the most horrible conditions where everybody runs for shelter. That when you, if you want to catch a giant, your stats are saying that's probably the best possible condition to catch a big bass. We haven't put science to it, but I know that uh, windshield wipers were going on a lot of our Sri Lanka runs and that we've had to get the ice scraper out to go pick up fish too. So yes. uh, there are also those big 
beautiful bluebird sky days where they're caught as well. But the ones that are most memorable are those those nasty weather where everybody's guides are freezing up and for some yeah. reason that's when shellackers are getting caught. Well, we had a very eventful catch by our own Miss Jocelyn. Uh yes. I heard, I saw the photo. I'm just very sad that you guys don't accept those three pounders. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we should. I think we ought to have a special lunker bunker just for Jocelyn's first bass. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, we have an angler recognition program here at Texas Parks and Wildlife, and uh, it could it could be an outstanding catch. Your very first largemouth bass caught, you could submit it to the angler recognition program, and we'd send you a certificate of achievement uh, to come to commemorate this grand event. We already we've already got a ghostwriter to write the story, so. We're <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's so are you are you hooked on fishing on largemouth bass fishing now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we unhooked her because we made her endure like countless hours of live tournament coverage uh, since since we've been here in Texas. So <laughs> just about the time she liked it, I I don't know if she likes it anymore. <laughs> But uh, but we 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 talked about the program and you uh, all of our students got a little envelope because thirteen pounders that's the legacy class fish that's the big gun right that's the the you know the Super Bowl kind of thing but if you catch a a fish that is it's twenty four inches or eight pounds twenty four inches or longer eight pounds or better uh, you still would would like to get a submission from that angle. Right. So we don't take those eight pounders back for spawning purposes. We still leave that bar really high at those 13 pounders. But in 2018, we actually expanded the program. We were getting some really great information on the largest fish that are in our reservoirs, those 13 pounds and better. But we were really missing those eight to 13 pounder and getting information on them. We knew our tournament anglers were going out there and targeting them. But our sampling gear, it just doesn't sample them in the proportion that they're out there in the population. So we're really relying on our anglers to help fill in that data gap on these lunker bass that are turning into these 13 pounders. Um, it's going to help our management biologists um, figure out uh, what they can be doing management wise to make that fishery even better for our anglers. And so they can take a couple pictures of their fish uh, when they catch it, if it's eight pounds or better. Um, or 24 inches. If it's 24 inches or longer, you take a picture of the entire fish on a measuring device. Um, and then if you have a fish that's eight pounds or heavier, you take a picture of the entire fish on the scale so that you can see the scale readout all the way down to the fish's tail. And we understand if you're usually a solo angler, that's really hard to do. So we recommend that if you are by yourself, take a video, scan from that scale from the very top all the way down to that fish's body. And you can actually email that in and uh, we can get that added onto your application. So we're, we're requesting people to just share information about those Sherlock bass. But one, one thing that we have been doing is requesting that uh, our anglers that have lunker bass send in that genetic sample. So you take about 30 seconds or less to take three scales off your fish 
anywhere along the body. It's not going to hurt them. It's not going to cause them long-term issues. And you send them into our geneticist. Everything that we can tell on these 13-pound bass for genetics, we can also tell on the eight-pound bass on their scale samples. We know if they're recaptured. We know if there's a mother Sherlunker or grandmother or some kind of other relationship that's out there with them as well. So that's all really exciting and entertaining. And this information is so important to us. We're actually incentivizing anglers to send in genetic samples. So even if you don't have one of our special Sherlunker scale envelopes, that's okay. You can use whatever envelope that you have and mail them in. Uh, all we request is three scales. You dry them out, put them somewhere dry. Don't put them in a plastic bag because they'll get some fungus on them. And then um, you just put them in an envelope and you scale, send them off to our genetics lab and you'll get a three-month subscription to Bass University. And we have a limited supply of $200 lose bait casting reels, one per angler as supplies last. So this information is important to us and I hope the anglers will share it and we're we're helping to incentivize it so that we increase that number. It's cool stuff, man. It's, it's it's really interesting to see how, you know, DNA and science and really it sounds like I'm watching like a forensic files show, but it, <laughs> it, glass fishing, it, it, you know, that's a, there's always value in research. There's always value in data and the folks at TFFC are doing it to make better fisheries in the state of Texas. It's, it's important. It's work. It's working. Every the, the, we, the people in class, I was telling them, you're so you're fortunate that you're in an area. Most people are from Texas that were there. Not all, but most. And uh, they, they when they put their boat in the water, everywhere they are, they have a chance to catch a double digit bass. Uh, yeah, we have cool. we have over 170 reservoirs throughout the state that's produced at least an eight pounder or better. So. There's a lot of lot of opportunity. You don't necessarily have to go to one of those top ten hottest lakes. Um, there's there's going to be a chance uh, in most reservoirs throughout the state that you can catch your PB bass. I want to make a request, Natalie. Yeah. I want, I want fishing data on these eight pound and up and thirteen pound and up fish. I want to know drop shots, swim bait, water conditions. Oh. I I want to know those details. What how do you have those in your in your computer? Can we like hack in your computer and get those results? There we have some of that information. Uh, we it's one of those optional fields, mm -hmm. so anglers don't necessarily have to share what they were fishing with. They don't have to say exactly where they were if they were main lake or on a point or um, a secondary point in the reservoir. We give them the option to show yeah. this, but it's, it's not required. So it kind of gives us a glimpse, but is it true information to say, you know, if 20% of our anglers tell us they're fishing on this, but probably only 50% are actually filling out that category. I don't know, but it does tell us like what these big bass are biting and the things that you, you mentioned the drop shot, Texas rig, creature baits, Carolina rigs, umbrella rigs, swim jigs. They're, they're all catching Sherlunker bass. Wow. Did, did, did anyone stand out? Like, is it, uh, do, you, do you have that data? Like a, more caught on a drop shot or do you have any of that? We, we do, but um, we, we usually don't share it just because it's not complete information. Okay. 
okay. We got to go get that information, right? <laughs> over there. It's over there. We know where your facility is. <laughs> right. And, and a lot of times, so we usually write press releases on all these big fish that are coming in. Okay. And um, usually when our press office reaches out to the angler, that is one of the questions that they ask them. So in a lot of our press releases, that information's out there. It tells what the anglers were catching them on. Some of them even provide additional detail about what they were doing or what they were throwing earlier in the day that wasn't working and that they changed over to something else. So the information's out there if you want to go look for it. Excellent. Well, we're thrilled to be part of what you guys are doing here. And uh, Bash University is, is really thrilled to be partners. We had a wonderful event this past weekend, and we look forward to coming back next year. And guys, look for that to happen. And we're also going to be doing some filming because I'm going to learn how to collect scale samples uh, tomorrow. And we're, we're looking forward to, you know, filming that and making that available for people that want to make a submission on exactly how to do it and how to do it safely so it doesn't hurt the fish in any way. And uh, I look forward to, I look forward to learning that skill tomorrow. Right. Uh, when we, when we were kind of making this push for more genetic samples, that was exactly what people were asking. They were wanting a resource where they could watch someone else do it so that they were doing it right and that we were getting the data that we needed. And so we really appreciate the partnership when when people have the ability to make these videos um, to help get that information out there just that much faster. Yep. So we really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully uh, we'll end up with some big bass, but... <laughs> Yeah, we've got to get a few. Uh, we've got to get a few fish caught so that we have a good, uh, a good sample to take. Well, we're, I'm going to leave you in charge of that. I know our, our Justin over here chomping at the bit to to be the one to try to catch him, but uh, we got to send him to Tennessee. <laughs> Natalie, it's awesome. Thanks so much for coming on and being with us today and sharing that information. And uh, I imagine you need some rest. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go home and take a nap, rest up for that next show longer. You never know when that next call is gonna be coming in. Yeah, yep. Awesome. Hey, well, we're here, so it's likely gonna to be today. <laughs> Perfect. Uh that would be great because that's a different thing. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we need to go out and get ourselves some fish caught, but uh we're gonna to try to do that. Thanks so much. Thanks to you and Tom and Katie uh for helping our event be so special and successful this weekend and uh, I'll, I will see you uh, tomorrow. Always a pleasure. And thanks for, you know, giving our anglers the, the knowledge that they need so that they can go out there and catch those big bass and giving me an opportunity that when they do land those, those share lunkers, what to do with them and, and why their information is important, Texas parks and wildlife and why they should share it. That's awesome. And we want to, we want to encourage everybody that's fishing here in Texas to participate in this program. It's gonna it's gonna benefit your fishery and your future fishing uh, for sure. So make sure you take advantage of that. Thank you, Natalie. Uh, thanks for being with us, and uh, we'll catch up with you real soon. Okay, thank you. All right, we'll see you now. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Justin. Can you get that video up that you shot in of the? Oh uh, yeah, I can. Of the Goliath giant bass that we filmed okay stand by
We, uh, cause over there, this is so awesome. They have the lunker bunker facility and, and you heard her mention it, but these 13 pounders get put in a big, in a tank and, uh, and then they get spawned with, uh, with other, uh, share lunker fish and all of the, and they release these fingerlings. They stock them in all public lakes. Uh, just such a, such a great program. They're, they're setting the pace, you know. Yeah, they are. They're leading, not even setting the pace, leading the charge out in front of the pace, out in front of the charge. Now, I know other states are, are doing it and they have some emphasis on it, but really Texas is uh, far out in front and uh, you're seeing the results. I mean, yeah. you know, you these, these these fish, these gigantic Texas bass just keep hitting the scales. It's no surprise. It's no secret. Um, and uh, yeah, kudos to them. It's, it's yeah. really, really important. I wish, wish more states would get on board with it. I know, I know. Well, I think a lot of people are watching, and uh, yeah. a lot of states are doing great work. But it's yep. it's just really an interesting program, and uh, they're doing a heck of a nice job. We're glad it's actually University partnered with. You think, you, Justin? We can put it up on social. We don't have to get it up right now if it's going to take him more. He's got his finger up, like he's going to be able to do it. In the meantime, we we are going to want to take a quick commercial break because we're going to come back and give away a few items. Um, so you you got something, Justin? Yeah. Uh, you were looking at me like you had a had something to say. You want to do a quick break right now? Set us up with a commercial break, Justin. We're going to be back, give away some prizes. And how we do it real quick, and, and I know a lot of you guys know it, we're going to type that question into the chat board, um, and that's where the question is going to come. Then we're going to read it. Whoever gets the correct answer first wins the prize. So we'll be right back to do that after this. A leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my hooks that boom goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together, the One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, really fun being here in Texas and it's all about big fish. Uh, and this was really cool because we, right now the Texas Freshwater Fishery Center is under renovation. 
but we got a little peek behind the scenes, Justin, and uh, just let's let's take a video of what what you saw. Look at the size of that fish. How big was that fish? Uh, they madly said it was around the 17 pound mark in that video right there. 17 pounds. 17, yeah. Can you imagine? No. Can you imagine looking down with getting ready to lip a 17 pounder? What that must be like? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, can't I mean, even imagine. Okay, I, I, I appreciate I mean, that. Yeah, I mean, it must look it must look like it's as big as your boat, you know, with an eyeball just big as you know, table, this probably. Big, you know, and like length and half the width. I mean, goodness gracious. I notice when uh whenever I get into a fish that's probably like so easy to grab. Yeah. I mean, there's so much fish. <laughs> I mean, it's like you try to lift a three pounder, you don't have that much real yeah. estate. His jaw's probably that seven round pounder, it's like this big around. I notice well, the bigger the fish gets, like when you start getting over six pounds. You start seeing the white of the eye. Yeah. You know, and then when Long you eye. see that coming up, you see if you can see the white of the eye, it's pretty big fish. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good stuff. All right. Last chance to like and share all over on social. And we're gonna give giving away a prize. Justin, are you ready for the question? Yep. The question is, what did our very own Jocelyn catch her first bass ever on? What was yep. the for? <laughs> As I secretly just covered it up on the table here, that is easily viewed on the podcast. <laughs> All right, I imagine this is going to be quick. Howie range. Howie range. Let's go. Howie. What's up, Howie? Along brass bed with spinning rod. That, <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Getting glue on there. Love yeah. Well done. well done, guys. Um, man, we're going to be all over. We're going to be at yeah. Shreveport this weekend. Yeah. We're going to be in Tennessee. Uh, we're going to be back on the live show on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, so look for look for us there. What do you got, Rich? Guys, we you know this is kind of our first uh, true remote live Tuesday live. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we've done them a little bit on the road. Um, and as a lot of you guys know, we're going to be traveling the Toyotas this year as a group. Um, and let us, let us know, shoot us some feedback on either the socials or emails, whatever. Like if you want to, if you want to see us do this more when we're out on the road and you have, you know, maybe certain types of stuff you want to see, let us know. We, uh, we like going live, like keep, like keeping active with you guys. So, uh, keep in touch with us, man. We're going to try some things. Yeah. There it is. Look and I look forward to fishing the Toyotas. Yeah. It's going to be a fun. We're going to chronicle, chronicle that yeah. whole experience video so now through the live life. show on social. So look for that. Thanks for hanging out with us today, guys. Hope your fishing goes well. We're going to go try to catch a share lunker. Have a great day, everybody. Let's go! Woo! Ooh, I love it. Let's go. I think we should catch more. Let's go. She got it good, too. She balled it. Let's go. I love it. Cheers. <laughs> Let's go.
Hey guys, we're back a little bit of live after live, staying live. A uh, couple things that you got to know. Head over to Tackle Direct right now. They got an awesome sale going on on Aquaview cameras. It is the best way to solidify what you're looking at under the water with Aquaview technology. You can see what is below. And then also, guys, Cortland Line. It is the time of year. You got to start spooling up your reels. Got to get ready for the season. Check out Cortland Line. It's the smoothest, strongest spinning line on the market. It's braided fishing line, Joss. We also have our like and share winner. And we have a like and share winner as Bill well. Bill Wasman. Bill Wasman. Bill, shout out Bill. Shout out Bill. I think now we're we're, we're really roll out to the one and only. Really shut it in. Pack dog. Pack dog. That's just always a stuff that needs a little extra time. You know what I mean? Because it's it just has a tendency to isolate those fish. They like stuff that's different too. You know what I mean? Like everything looks exactly the same even though the bottom is the same, like it's flat as a pancake out here. So you're always looking for something different. That's the biggest complaint I hear about guys who go to Florida the first time or go to Okeechobee. They're like, it all looks the same, but it doesn't, you know? Now see that fish, I think is a female. Looks healthy, but let's make sure she doesn't have a big old tail sticking out of her mouth. 